0: if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me why don't you lift that name that's above every name come on someone lift that name of Jesus somebody lift your voice and shout the name Jesus thank you Lord wow what a wonderful evening so far that it's been Music, Worship team and choir sound incredible tonight. Give them a big hand. And all of you who showed up on this Sunday evening, give yourself a big hand. Before I begin my message, I need you to look at someone and say, wake up. That's the wrong neighbor. Look at someone and tell them, wake up. Don't mind my tools being laid out here this evening. I want to give honor to my pastor. Don't you love your pastor tonight? And our wonderful leadership here. Give them all a hand. Brother Danny, Sister Cheryl, Brother Brandon, Sister Ashley. Love and appreciate them, and I give honor to my. Sound like it's raining in here. I give honor to my wife. I'm still not used to that. We're gonna get there. And let me say this one more thing: I am so happy that C.L.C. is a place that my wife and I will call home. I love all of you so so much. And to all of our guests, give our guests a hand tonight. Thank you for joining us. If you have your Bibles, 2 Kings chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. And then we will read 1 Kings 18 and 41. Please pardon my voice tonight. I screamed it out this morning. Lead in worship. I need a cough drop. 2 Kings, verse 3 and 16 and 17. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of... Make this valley full of... For thus saith the Lord. That's a lot of thus saith the Lord's. Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink ye and your cattle and your beasts First Kings chapter 18 and verse 41 then Elijah said unto Ahab get thee up someone say get thee up eat and drink for There is a sound of an abundance of rain. Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain, but the valley will be filled. Get thee up, eat and drink, for I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Now, if you know me, if you don't know me, I... I feel bad that you have to know me tonight. This is not exactly how I preach normally. I'm kind of a red-hot, fiery kind of guy. I like to yell until I don't have a voice anymore. But if you give me just a few moments, we're going to get somewhere tonight. And by God's help, I want to talk with you on the subject, getting ready for a downpour, getting ready for a downpour, look at someone and say, we've got to get ready, look at someone else and ask them, are you ready, I wonder if all over the room, would you just lift your hands up, and would you just ready your heart to receive from the Lord tonight? I wonder if you would lift your voice while I give me a drink of water right now. And I want you to say, God, make myself ready. Open my ears to hear, my mind to receive, my heart to receive you. Come on, lift that voice for just a moment. Father, we take authority over every humanistic and demonic spirit that could hinder your will from happening tonight. God, we are going to prepare ourselves For what you are sending to this place. And we give you praise. And we give you glory. And someone said in Jesus name. Someone say it again. In Jesus name. If you're believing for the downpour. Put your hands together. Give him some praise right now. One more time before you're seated. Look at someone and tell them. I'm getting ready for a downpour. I don't know if I'm the only one in here, but when I wake up of an early morning, which is very rare, because I like to sleep in, can I get a witness? Oh, we got so many liars in the room already. We're going to have to have an altar call before I start preaching, Pastor. I like to sleep in, but there's some mornings where I will wake up and hear And the rain of the morning settles in. And it's at that very moment. I know that there was a gift from God sent to me. That now I can open up my window. Listen to the rain and the thunder. So I don't have to hear my wife snore. Oh. I'm two weeks into this thing I'm on the couch tonight God give me wisdom No but but there's There's Something about the rain I don't know what it is But when it starts raining And thundering Mixed in With the noise of the oscillating Fan It will put Dylan Tate Jordan the first into a coma, and there is no waking me up at that point. Let me sleep and be with my Savior. Does anyone else like the rain when they sleep? Okay, okay, I'm not the only weird one in the house. No, but I can clearly remember in my head when I was younger how. It would be a hot summer day. I'm talking so hot, you don't want to walk out of the door. You want to drink your Yoo-Hoo milk, eat yourself a cup of some ice cream, and sit inside. I don't want to play basketball. I don't want to play football. I don't want to mow the yard. I don't want to pick up the sticks. When it's hot, Dylan retires for the day. But I remember as a kid on those warm summer days and, and it's so hot you don't want to leave your house, brother newcomer. You know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, from my window, I see the gray clouds move in. I hear the wind kind of start howling through the trees. I run outside. Did you know that there is something and it is called GeoSim? GeoSim releases the smell of water and the rain has not even fallen yet. Is there anyone in here that you know before rain hits? There is a smell from heaven that will hit your nostrils and you're like, it's about to rain. i got to put my grill up. I've got to get my car in the garage. I just got a car wash. I've got to get everything ready. Because you can smell the rain before the rain even falls. Before the rainstorm. You can look at the leaves as the wind begins to breeze through and the leaves begin to shake. You know that rain is on its way from the horizon when you see darkness setting in and heading your way. These are all signs that rain Is on its way. Joel said. In Joel chapter 2. He said. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause. To come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Later on in the verse, Joseph says, "And it shall come to pass in the last days that I, being God, will pour out of my spirit up on all flesh." And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. The rain that Joel was mentioning was a representation of the soon coming Holy Ghost poured out on the book of Acts chapter 2. I want to say to all of you in this room, the Lord is trying to get us to realize that the reign of the Holy Ghost is a going to fall immediately in these last days. I don't just mean a little three and four getting the Holy Ghost. But I'm talking about the former and the latter falling together, and we're gonna see a revival that's never been seen before. It's very easy for all of us to believe. That it can happen in Africa. And it can happen in Asia. We can believe it. But God's trying to wake up America to realize it's for you. It's for us. We're going to see it here. I love rejoicing with our missionaries who are seeing hundreds receive the Holy Ghost. But if we were to realize that it's for whosoever will, we could see it too. There are signs that a physical downpour is coming. We just talked about that. Look at your neighbor and ask him, Do you remember? If they said no, just pray for them. But just like there are signs. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strongly in this room right now. Just like there are signs for physical rain. There are also signs for the rain of the Holy Ghost. That wants us to be aware of what is coming here. Brother Mike, first picture. When the ex gang member shows up to church looking for Jesus and leaves baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, it is a sign that rain is on its way. Next slide, Brother Mike. When a man who's been locked up gets to a church on a Sunday night, repents of his sins, is baptized in Jesus' name, and life is changed forever, it is a sign of what God is wanting to do. Someone say praise the Lord. Don't sit down yet. Next slide, Brother Mike. When the hairstylist, the unbeliever, hasn't walked in a church building for 24 years and gets filled with the Holy Ghost, it is a sign of what God is trying to do. It's about to go down in this room tonight. Next slide, Brother Mike. When the woman, living a different lifestyle, comes to a service, gets filled with the Holy Ghost, and is baptized in Jesus' name, and is sitting here with her husband, is a sign of what God is trying to do. Next slide. I want you to look at that face. I want you to look at those tattoos. Next slide. When the people who are going through rehab is looking for a solution... And they show up to Christian Life Church and encounter the one true living Jesus Christ that's alive on the throne and gets filled with the Holy Ghost and is baptized in the name of Jesus. God is trying to show us what is upon us. These signs are showing us that we are aligned to see a downpour of the Holy Ghost in Indiana like we've never seen before. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. Look at someone and tell them, this is that. Come on, shout it out. This is that. If you believe it, clap your hands. I've come to serve you notice that if you think that we've seen the best, what we've seen is just a little mist of the downpour that's on its way. We're going to see a revival. We're going to see a revival. What we've seen is nothing, it's only the beginning. I've come to tell somebody, we've got to get ready. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I'm thankful that this year we've seen somewhere around 20 baptisms. But I've come to tell you that 20 baptisms, is just a mist. It's just a mist. There's more that need to be baptized. To some, 20 plus baptisms seems nothing more. Then a cloud the size of a man's hand. To some people, seeing five and six guests on Sunday is not speaking anything to their dead, dry soul. But for those of us with faith and with vision, it is a sign from the Lord on what is upon us. Tonight. (laughs) Lebanon and Boone County has a population of 67,843 people. We have launched a daughter work in that city. We've seen great moves of God. We've seen wonderful things. But the issue that we're seeing right now is it's been way too long since we've had a guest walk through the doors within the next few weeks our evangelism team is going to launch out into Lebanon and we're going to knock doors and we're going to give flyers and we're going to pray people through on the street and we're going to baptize them on Monday and Tuesday Wednesday, Thursday, Friday because we've got to see it We've got to see it. I want to speak to all of our Lebanon team in here. We couldn't do it without you. I know right now it seems like you got a shovel in your hand. Digging in a desert with no rain. But I charge you tonight. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep plowing. Keep shoveling. Because we're going to see it happen. Can't tell I'm a little passionate about soul winning. Frankfurt in Clinton County has a population of 32,400 people. I want you to know that I am thrilled for what we're seeing on our home base. All of the Bible studies. I salute every Bible study teacher in this room tonight. We're teaching Bible studies like we've never taught before. We are literally baptizing people almost every week. But... We are seeing these great results but I need you to understand that out of a town of 32,400 people a 300 member congregation is not enough. If we truly believe that 300 is large we're never going to see this city saved. I need this church to understand we got to look beyond where we are right now. We can't be be complacent. we still got 32,100 people that need Jesus. We have been under the works of launching CLC's bus ministry to bring kids and people to church who might not have a ride. Within the next few weeks, all of my bus ministry people, I know you're in here. I don't even know who's all in it anymore. We haven't met in a while. But within the next few weeks... We're going to go to every apartment in this city. We're going to knock on their door. We're going to hand them a flyer. We're going to bring kids to church. We're going to bring the homeless to church. We're going to bring the drug addict to church. We're going to bring the abused to church. Because there is a revival that needs to be seen. This next part hits very deep at home. This city is 30%, just about, 30% Hispanic without any thriving witness in our jurisdiction. I would say to you that it is a field. That we have not yet touched. God has aligned this church with every tool that we need. God has given us everything that we need to roll up our sleeves. Get in that harvest field and start digging and start digging and start digging we're going to teach bilingual bible studies we're going to hold bilingual services because there's a harvest we've got to keep digging Kayla get up here we are going to begin targeting the community that we have overlooked for too long. There is going to be a great harvest of the Latino community in the city of Frankfurt. Do you believe it? Brother Mike put Galatians chapter 3 in verse number 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. (laughs) No hay judío ni griego, no hay siervo ni libre, no hay macho ni hembra, porque todos vosotros somos uno en Cristo Jesús. I'm telling somebody, you better get ready because English is not going to be the main language of this church anymore. We've got to tap into the revival. We've got to tap into the revival. Someone give Him praise. Someone give Him praise. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain coming to the Latino community. Be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Am I doing all right tonight? Can I have a few more minutes? For some, Rain is considered a nuisance. For the outdoor laborer, Brother Danny, you know what I'm talking about. Rain is a nuisance. If we worked as much as it rained, we might be millionaires by now. For some, rain Is a nuisance, but for those who have a garden, for those who own cornfields and bean fields and wheat fields, rain is considered a blessing. For some, the rain of the Holy Ghost. Is considered a nuisance because you have a guest sitting in your assigned seat. For some, rain is considered a nuisance because you can't handle the fact that you walked into your church and there is a smell of alcohol and cigarettes. For you, rain's a nuisance. For, but for a revival culture, it's a blessing. I love the smell of alcohol I love the smell of cigarettes because it means that there's rain in the building I'm sorry if you don't believe what this preacher's preaching but I just need about five of you that say I consider rain to be a blessing If we really believe that rain is coming, we've got to get to the field. We've got to plant our seeds. We've got to see a harvest. It might seem for a moment that we're digging in deserts, but I'm telling you, you might not see it. You might not hear it coming, but rain is on the way, baby. Rain is on the way. There's going to be people who's going to walk into this building smelling like cigarette smoke. Guest, if you're in here right now, I'm not speaking to you, but I'm speaking to the church right now. Is that all right? Church, there's going to be people who walk in here that smell like cigarette smoke and is going to throw cigarettes at your car tire in the parking lot. There's going to be people who come in this building who reek of alcohol. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be people who show up who used to attend this building but they left for some reason. But they're going to show back up you might find it a nuisance when they're sitting in your seat and you might find it a nuisance when you have to walk out in the parking lot and you have to grab cigarettes off of the floor. You might find it a nuisance, but I call it evidence of rain. I call it evidence of rain. Bring on the air fresheners. Put a cigarette thing out there. I call it rain. I feel the Holy Ghost right now to whoever backslider is watching this. We don't condemn you. We do not hate you. We want you home. you got to come home. Come back. Come back. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to condemn you. But you're always welcome with a seat at the master's table. There's, oh my God, help me right now. There's some people, there's some backsliders that don't attend here. That if they walked up in this building, that your humanistic spirit would rise up and say, I know what they did. I know where they've been. I know they had an affair. I know they cheated on their wife. I know they're an alcoholic. Listen, if we're going to see backsliders come home, you're going to have to get over your pity party. They're always welcome here. Some of you need to find forgiveness in your heart. I know they hurt your baby. I know you don't agree with them, but they've got to be saved. They are the prodigal and you are supposed to be the father we're supposed to be like Jesus and some of you news flash some of you don't deserve to be sitting in your pew wearing your nice suit and your $300 shoes and your $600 watch because you've been out in the world but Jesus accepted you home you've got to do the same for them There are people who have left this building that let me know that they hated me, that they didn't like me, but I want them to come home. I want them to be saved. Be seated. Oh. Revival is personal. Revival does not just come walking in the door. But revival is personal. Someone say it's personal. What do you mean by personal? I mean God has aligned your life to rub shoulders with certain individuals that I may never see. Don't. Let another day go by where you are not inviting everybody that you see to your church. If this thing would become personal revival, we would fill both of our campuses with guests that could be filled with the Holy Ghost. Did you feel that? Personal. I don't know Brother Omar and Sister Jamie Have been bringing a lot of guests to church They can just take my number I've been in church for 35 years I'm saved, sanctified and set free But I haven't brought a guest to church in 15 years if you would want revival you would say i've got a job to do i've got a soul to reach i've got a city to save i've got a co-worker to help be set free we've got to make this revival a personal thing you've got a job you've got people that you have to reach Is it okay if I say it like this? Pastor, you might not let me preach again if I say it like this. But I'm going to say it anyway. If you don't serve a dry, dead Jesus, then quit being a dead, dry apostolic. It's time to win a soul. It's time to win a soul. It's time to teach a Bible study. Brother Omar, keep digging. Keep bringing those people to church. It's going to catch on fire. I charge every person in this room, please listen to this preacher. God wants us to come out of complacency in our walk with him. And he wants us to make a difference. God did not choose the disciples for this hour. But he chose you and he gave you everything you need. Someone lift your hands and receive that right now. Lift your voice. I'm not done yet, but would you stand for a second? Everybody stand. We're going to do a test. Is that all right? Okay. I'm going to read a list. And I've got to see your response. And judging off your response, me and Jesus is going to know how you feel in your heart. Someone say, uh-oh. Look at your neighbor and tell them you could be in trouble. Okay. <clears throat> now, there's this thing. If you're new here, give our pastor another chance. He's not crazy like me. Pastor doesn't scream all the time like I scream. I blame it on, I don't know. But if you're new here, there is this thing, it's called a praise break. What this is, is when a bunch of Christians, no, not Christians, you don't see this at the Nazarene. What this is, is when a bunch of one God, tongue-talking, holy-rolling Pentecostals get excited. It's just a terminology. We're not rolling on the floor tonight. But it's when we get really excited over something, and we truly believe something, and we've got to take a short break to give God some praise. Okay. Now. Word of warning, it's going to get loud for about 45 seconds in this room. Okay? If you need to plug your ears, go ahead. All right. I'm going to read a list, and I just need to see the response. Okay, hold on. This is what the Lord says. He says, If my church believes that 300 souls is enough they will never see my promise i am sending rain into this region the harvest that joel spoke of is for you and your family's going to be saved and your friends going to be saved and your co-workers are gonna be saved. Respond to my word now. You better let it go for 35 seconds if you believe that the oh that the promises of God are yay and amen. You better cut loose. Let the devil know I'm involved. I believe. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto to God with a voice of triumph. I know the world looks bad, but the best days of the church are ahead of us. We're going to see a rain. This rain is not for the person that has their life all together. It's not a rain for the Baptist person that's been living a Christian their whole life. It's for the addict, it's for the alcoholic, it's for whosoever will. Pastor, how long have I been preaching? 40 minutes. I told you it would be done by 35, Brother Waddell. I'm going to stick to that word. I was, I was working on a different message for tonight. But the Lord just reminded me. To it, and i just got to say this part. Y'all ever hear of a man on a road to a city called Damascus? His name was Saul. If you think you're a bad dude, if you think you're a part of the hood, whatever you want to call it, this man, do you know what his hobby was? His hobby was to kill believers. On the road to Damascus, a light shined from heaven, and the voice spoke, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me he said who art thou lord and the lord spoke i am jesus whom thou persecutest all of a sudden His vision leaves, and the Lord speaks to him and says, I want you to go to Damascus and wait for further instruction. Blind as a bat, he's led by the people around him into a house where he sat and waited for direction. And it just so happened that in the same city, there was a disciple named Ananias who was in a prayer meeting. And all of a sudden, the voice of God says, Ananias, I'm sending you on a job. There is a man named Saul of Tarsus. He's currently sitting in a house with no sight. I want you to go to him, and I want you to lay hands on him that he may receive his sight. Now this follower of Jesus, mighty warrior, strong, courageous. You know what he told Jesus? Hold up. Um, Do you know who this is? I don't know if you can tell. If I'm going to go lay hands on him, you want me to go pray for him? Ananias said, I've heard of this man and what he has done to the believers. And Jesus speaks to him and says, go, for he is a chosen vessel. Long story short. Give me just a minute, and we can praise the Lord here in just a second. But he goes, lays hands, Saul receives the Holy Ghost, gets baptized in Jesus' name, and receives his sight. And the Bible says immediately that Saul went to the synagogue to preach Jesus. Can you imagine the facial expressions of these people when this dude walks in? What is this dude doing in my church? What is he doing? Who does he think he is walking into my congregation when I know his past? And the Bible says that they begin to riot to murder him. And at night, the disciples hid him and took him to their Place. (laughs) The book of Acts, chapter 9, it says this. It says, And Saul, who later became Paul, may I add, wrote 13 letters in the Bible. One of the greatest missionaries we've ever seen. It says that when he had come to the disciples, that they did not. Believe that he was a chosen disciple. There is no way that God called you to ministry. You're not even a real Christian. I know what you did three years ago. I know you were a drug addict. I know you were an alcoholic. I know you were a cheater. I know you were a blasphemer. I know everything about you. I know the hidden things and the dark things that nobody else knows. And the Bible says that a man named Barnabas got up. And he said, hold on a minute. I so happened to hear our fellow brother in one of the synagogues. And he preached Jesus with passion. You know who my favorite disciple is right now? A man by the name of Barnabas. Because when the other, holy, mighty, I preached at the day of Pentecost. I did this for Jesus. I laid hands on the sick and they recovered. But I don't believe that God could save a man like him but there so happened to be one man that said hold on if he could save a wretch like me then I believe there's people who are going to come to this church that have a king in them don't you dare count them out God's called them for such a time as this Musicians can come to dig ditches, sometimes we've got to take our jacket off, roll up our sleeves, take off our ties. And we've got to get to work. Do I have any physical labor in here that work in any sort of labor field? Brother Isaiah, what do you do for a living? Electrical apprentice. I'm going to ask you a question. I I just need you to yell the answer for everybody, okay? If you showed up onto a job site wearing your nicest clothes and your nicest shoes, looking all fly once a week. And you grab the chair, and you sat down with your legs crossed, looking at an electrical box that is not finished. If you sat there long enough, would it just magically be done? Absolutely. Now, church, I want to ask you a question. If you show up to your job on a Sunday and on a Wednesday wearing your nicest clothes, hair all nice, weave on, Gucci tie on, and you took your little seat. And you looked at an empty altar, and you think, if I sit here long enough, it's going to fill up. Would we see the revival that God has? Omar, get up here. Please, sorry, bro. Do you know what this represents? This represents every person that you. This, this is your tool for your valley that seems dry, but almost every Sunday, you're bringing a new face in. You're laboring in your field. Omar, don't quit what you're doing. You keep bringing people to the house of the Lord. You keep winning souls. You keep bringing the lost. You're making a difference. Face the congregation. Brother Jeremy, please come up. Brother Jeremy, do you know what this represents? It represents the burden that God put on your heart to begin teaching Bible studies. And we've seen so many people be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name because you had a burden. I don't care what other people say about you. Don't give up. Keep digging. You're making a difference in this place. Pastor, please come. Do you know what this represents? This represents the years in ministry that you have stood behind a pulpit with this congregation. And you have unashamed Preached the word of God You have not gone into false doctrine You did not settle for less You built a building When they said it was impossible You labored for four years We wouldn't be here without you I'm begging you, don't give up Keep digging, keep digging Brother son. Brother Sean, Sister Carrie, get up here. Oh, do you know what this represents? This is special to me. You're holding my baby. You said yes to the burden. To begin a bus ministry. When the COVID hit. And the pandemic hit. You never gave up hope. And it's going to come to pass. I'm asking you. Don't give up. Keep digging. Keep plowing. We've got a revival to see. And it's going to come. Through your faithfulness. Brother Branson Irons, please come. Branson. I look up to you. I don't think in the last four or five years I have hardly ever seen you miss a work day. You've been side by side with your pastor. You've labored for this church. You've ran wires You've ran insulation. You've done the dirty work. I don't know how many times that me and you have had to crawl under this thing to clean up a baptismal tank that won't quit leaking. You're laboring. You're digging ditches. Don't give up. These young people look up to you. I look up to you. You're making a difference. You're operating in your ministry. Let me tell you something. Let me tell everybody something right now. This preacher who preaches every Sunday and this saint who shows up to work day, they're just as important as each other. It takes a Please, quit looking for a microphone. Please, quit looking for a microphone. It's time to invest. It's time to dig. I want you. I'm asking you, please, do not be offended that I did not call your name up here. Dad, you didn't have enough shovels in your connex. Please return these to Dad. I'm going to get blamed for it. But for those of you sitting in this congregation, I want you to look at these people up here. Some of them knew that I was going to call them up. Others didn't. Branton, I saw the look on your face when I called your name. Do you know what each of these individuals have in common? They understand that revival comes at a price. Revival comes at a price. They've got their tools in their hand. They're looking on their field. And they're digging and they're planting seed for they hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I said they hear the sound of an abundance of rain. They're sold out to revival. They're going to see it with or without you. They're going to move this church forward. I'm going to invite, you can put your toes down, but you can stay up in the altar right now. I'm going to invite right now. If the Lord has spoken to you tonight, and you say, I want to get my hands dirty. I want to teach a Bible study. I want to operate in a ministry. I want to be faithful to work day. I want to invite you to come right now. This is more than an altar call. This is a commitment. Koya Can I share one more story tonight? Is that all right? I know I've been going for a while, but at 7.30. I'm going to get you out to Applebee's. The late John F. Kennedy, right before the mission to put the man on the moon, Brother Omar, walked into NASA Space Station. They were giving him a tour of the ground control rooms showed him the space shuttle and he's walking through the hallways of NASA and he runs into a man with a mop bucket and a mop John F. Kennedy has a smile on his face. I'm sure he thought, wow, how cool is it? He's a janitor at this place. I'm sure he gets to sneak into the control rooms and see, hear everything that's going on. The man's mopping and the president of the United States walks by. He reaches out his hand, shakes the man's hand. And out of just the sympathy of his heart, I'm sure he wanted to make this man feel important. John F. Kennedy looks at him and says, sir, what is the job that you're doing today man mopping the floor looks at the president puts his mop down and smiles and he said sir I am putting a man on the moon for all of our janitors who come every week and clean this building Let me tell you something. Sister Nancy, you're right there. I was looking for you today. I was gonna call you out, but I didn't see you. You can come up here, so I can talk to you too. This lady has faithfully cleaned. How how long have you been doing this for? Thirty years. Sister Nancy. Your job is not to be a janitor. What you are doing is helping this congregation see a revival that was prophesied over us for many, many years. You are an important key to revival. Whether you're cleaning or teaching a Bible study or holding a microphone or playing an instrument, you are a key to revival. Lift your hands all over this building. Lift your hands all over this building. I want you to begin to pray to the Lord God, let me be effective in the field. Help me to get my field ready. Come on, lift up, voice right now. God, I want to make a difference. Come on, God, I want to do something for you. Let it rain. Let it rain. Come on, that's it. Let's push forward. come on there's a sound of an abundance of rain I want you to make a personal commitment with the Lord God I know that I haven't done enough I know that I've been putting my shovel down but tonight I'm picking up my shovel I'm going to dig ditches in my desert I don't see anything happening yet but I believe let it rain. Oh, open the floodgates gates of heaven let